What's up, guys? We're continuing on. We're on day two of 1 Thessalonians. We're still in chapter one, and I'm reading the rest of chapter one. So yesterday we did that introduction, and so today this is uh, verses four through ten. I'm reading out of the ESV. For we know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you, because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. You know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake, and you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction, with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere, so that we need not say anything. For they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. And so coming off yesterday, the first point that I wrote is that we should expect that our genuine conversion will produce visible results. That was, we we said in the first verse, he said, grace and peace to you yesterday. Do y'all remember that? And he is basically saying like, hey, this this book is for Christians. None of the do this and don't do that. The ethical implications and imperatives are going to make sense until that happens. And so this is kind of following off of that. And so he's saying like, we know that you're Christians. Your genuine conversion, which you've gotten from having grace of God, giving the peace of God, so you have peace with God now, it's a genuine conversion. We know that because genuine conversions produce visible results. God transforms us when he saves us. He doesn't save us and leave us, which is interesting because that's kind of the concern that Paul is writing to these Thessalonians. He had to leave town so quickly. He got chased out of town. They're baby Christians. They're going through suffering. But God is the one that grows his church. God transforms everybody whom he saves, and there's going to be visible results or visible fruit. And so we we even saw that yesterday, our endurance, right? Our endurance is a busy one. Our endurance produces faith, hope, and love, like the t-shirts, the Lifeway signs, everything. Busy endurance, faith, hope, and love. And so coming off of that today, we see that those qualities, we don't ultimately produce them. God does. We should expect genuine conversion to produce visible results, but those visible results ultimately God produces, not us, right? And so this is a complicated verse. It's a complicated part of scripture. People get angry. People debate about it. I don't want to do that. Whatever. It's it's pretty clear Paul's talking about election, the doctrine of election or predestination, etc. And so let's let's not debate that. We see here in this text, let's just read it at face value. Verse 4, we know brothers and sisters loved by God that he has chosen you. All right. So they didn't do things to be chosen. They know that they were chosen because, verse 5, because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power and with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. So I see the doctrine of election not in some debate, but because of the fruit. Because if we're saved, that means that we're chosen, and we know that we're chosen and saved because God's the one that's producing the fruit in us. That's just what the scripture says, right? That's not a debate of who is and who isn't. It's just a matter of recognizing, well, if you're 
if you're a Christian, you're elect, right? Then you're going to show that because God's going to transform you. It's going to reveal itself that you have been so, right? This is a, a quote. I don't know if Brady's going to say this. I'm recording this in advance, but in, in his uh, research that I do for him. But Mark Howell said this. I thought it was really good. He says, they were not the elect of God because they worked at their faith. Rather, because they were the elect of God, they had a faith that worked. And we saw that yesterday. We're going we're gonna to have a busy faith. God is the one that's producing these qualities in us, right? We don't, in our own pride, grit and bear our teeth. Yes, we're busy, but it's also because the <laughs> indicative comes before the imperative. We're Christians who act out our, our faith, not we act out to earn our salvation. Again and again, we're going to see that. And so that's the doctrine today is like, yes, right? If we're genuinely converted, we're going to see those results. We need to remember that ultimately God's the one that's producing those in us. And if we're truly elect, then we're going to see the fruit of that. And uh, rather than debate about it, we should press on in faith. And then lastly, uh, as a practical takeaway, our fruit will be visible to others, right? And unfortunately, I hate to say this, but the norm in Scripture is that persecution and suffering is often the means through which this happens. For they themselves, so word had gone out um, from Macedonia and Achaia. So people are witnessing these Thessalonians. They're watching them go through this, that they turn uh, to God from their idols and that they're eagerly awaiting through all this suffering. And it says, they're, they're, uh, we await for the Son from heaven, from whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. So that's suffering and persecution. And I wish it wasn't true, but that's also true as well. Our fruit will be visible to others and most noticeably when we're suffering and going through persecution, as we saw yesterday in the introduction. And so all that to say, we going off yesterday, we need to continue to endure. We need to continually pray and press on to act out these qualities that ultimately we know God is the one that's producing in us. We know he's going to transform us. He's not going to save us, then leave us. And so we can work out our salvation because of that. We can work out in hope. In verse 10, it says, we wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. And so as the Thessalonians are going through the fiery thick of it, we can also take heart and know that we wait ultimately for the return of Jesus. Yes, it's going to be hard. Our fruit is going to be most visible through persecution and suffering. But we, just like the Thessalonians, await expectantly for Jesus to return Again, these themes are going to pop up multiple times as we study this book together. And so I hope this has helped you guys. Shoot me an email if you have any questions or stuff you want to talk about. Andrew.cloud at newvisionlife.com. Hope this has helped you guys. Y'all keep at it, and we'll see you on the next episode. Mm-hmm.